Today's episode of Transform Your Workplace is brought to you by Zenium HR. Learn more about Zenium's complete HR plus payroll solution at zeniumhr.com. All right, we're back this week with two episodes. Today's is featuring Randeep Perwal. Randeep is the CEO and founder of Diversal. They're a comprehensive B2B SaaS solution for creating an inclusive work environment. And Randeep shares how the platform uses technology to eliminate bias and they gather trustworthy data that ultimately will help you increase productivity and engagement amongst employees and also figure out where there's room for improvement in terms of inclusivity and diversity. Ultimately, what Randeep hopes out of this platform is to put employees in positions where they can thrive. So we did sort of a product spotlight, found it really fascinating and really enjoyed the discussion. And on Friday, we have a bonus episode with Nicole Blevins from Zenium, and we're diving deep into AI and the HR profession and what it's going to do to our organizations. So we geek out on that one, had a lot of fun with that. There's a video version of that podcast as well. So stay tuned, make sure to subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already, and make sure you get that delivered as soon as it releases on Friday. Enjoy today's episode. Make sure to connect with Randeep and I'm on LinkedIn and Instagram as well. Enjoy today's episode. Thanks for coming on the podcast. Good to have you. Yeah, thank you so much. It's my pleasure. So appreciate the opportunity. You've been working on a, a project. That, uh, it's about to launch or it has launched. Uh, it's called Diversal. Tell me about Diversal. What is it? Yes. No, thank you. Um, very timely as we are getting ready to launch uh, in about two weeks. So Diversal is a B2B SaaS employee experience platform. And we help organizations build inclusive workplaces, uh, focus on the future of work, and specialize in talent management. What is it like to launch a platform like that? Like there's so much that goes into it. What, are you like a product marketer by experience or like how do you even go about doing something like this? Yeah, I think I've always considered myself like a strategic creative. And so I can do the strategy to execution piece, right? I think usually people are one or the other, but I've always been a little bit unique where I like both ends of it, but that equates to a lot more work. <laughs> and one thing about me, I've always been a generalist. So having to learn a little bit about a lot of things is just my personality. And I think that's exactly what you need when you're like a startup founder. Employee experience is like, it's a topic that I hear. I'm in the HR space and a lot of leaders are talking about it. And, and, and DEI falls in that. And, and this is what your platform is all about is diversity, equity, inclusion. So like, what's your story? Like, how did you even come up with this idea? I'm sure there was a problem or you saw a need somewhere and that led to creating a platform like this. But like, tell me the whole background. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think it's a combination of, you know, my personal professional lived experiences, plus my passion too, uh, which is talent management. And I think the best way to explain it is like our mission statement, which is we want everyone in the organization to have equal and equitable access to the support and resources so they can achieve their full potential at work, right? Uh, just fair game. That's it. <laughs> and 
it was started as a, you know, problem I encountered. So Brandon, like the first time I took my first leadership position, managing people, like I actually loved it. I knew it was my calling from day one. And so my aspirations were, you know, to climb up the ladder and go into like senior leadership, mainly because I wanted more responsibilities so I could make that much more of an impact. But I hit a glass ceiling. So, you know, realizing at that time, you know, there weren't opportunities for people like me. And it's not just, yes, I identify as a woman of color, but I think even personality traits, I think that is so underrated. Like, for example, I am super inquisitive. I'm a problem solver. I like challenging status quo. So, you know, in these corporations, they want you to conform. They don't want you to like vote, right? So for me, I was just like, you know, how are they deciding who to hire? And basically, came to the conclusion that the bias in the decision makers is so prevalent, right? And it's unconscious. So it's not their fault. It just happens, right? So like, how do you fix it? You really just need a more diverse, like in every aspect and dimension of decision makers to kind of balance things in the workplace. Yeah. Well, what's interesting is that it's, it is unconscious because it's like so ingrained in their culture from people who have been there forever. That's the way we've always done it. Or, you know, a certain demographic that's been inside the the culture and it's like steering a giant ship to make change. And I think with what your platform is going to bring is slow incremental change, give people the tools and the education around making that change. Is that how you envision it? Yeah, absolutely. So like using a, I'm a big data person, like leveraging like data to make informed decisions. So exactly what you said, right? Bias is unconscious. And I know this is not a workshop where we're learning about unconscious bias, but in the sense that it's literally formed by our patterns, our experiences, the content we consume. So if that isn't diverse, that means that your decision-making capabilities are going to be that much more narrow, right? So that's why you need like lots of different backgrounds and stuff to be able to do this. And as much as even myself, like I've really trained my brain um, to be conscious, not unconscious, I still believe technology is less biased than humans. So when you have a tool that's going to help solve this problem, it's literally going to be more objective and less biased in determining, you know, what sort of strategies and initiatives should we implement, right? So that's a big component of what we're looking to do. So it's interesting because I've heard people make the argument, you know, technology on the surface may not appear biased, but there's an engineer behind it that is inherently biased. So how do you take that part of the equation out? Do you have like machine learning involved in this platform or is there some other component that that helps reduce the bias? Yeah, no, absolutely. And you are correct. The data is as good as the engineers that are programming or the data that's been collected to, you know, uh, predict the AI. I would say for us, um, because we're still working on collecting our data set, there are some general assumptions based. So a lot of the data that gets collected will form the AI that will be able to kind of do the predictive analysis piece of it. But it's interesting because I'm sure like you have been playing around with like chat GPT. Oh, I've got the premium subscription. I'm all about it. (laughs) Exactly. Right. So and I'm sure like with certain topics and I especially think when it comes to talent and DEI, like it's super generic. Right. Because there's a lot of content out there, but it's not really addressing root causes and solutions. So I always end up tweaking it as you do, too. Right. So I think I think it's great as a foundation for sure. But then we still need to customize 100 percent. 
when an organization this is a it's a b2b SaaS platform right so an organization would sign their entire company up for this and then they get on the platform i imagine individual employees would fill out a profile what kind of data are you capturing along the way like at least initially and then what are your long-term plans for data because if you're a data nerd as you called yourself (laughs) and the tool will analyze the data and probably give employers something to work from i'm just curious what the possibilities are going to be with this Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think this will continue to grow. But for now, we have like eight um, sections that uh, that will be measuring data. So one is demographic data and more in the sense of just understanding what the makeup of your organization is, because you always need a current state, right? What is my current state? And then the other sections include talent, of course, uh, leadership, you know, diversity, inclusion, there's um, well-being, belonging, workplace culture, employee engagement. So there's a lot of uh, different sections. And I would say like each of them, like, you know, the questions that will be asked are quite poignant in the sense that it'll give you a lot of insights. And this is what makes us really different. So I did do some consulting prior to the tool. So when you're doing consulting work, you give your deliverable and then you tell them, okay, these are my recommendations, go execute and implement. And we all know nothing ever happens, right? Regardless of which sector you're consulting in. But what's really cool is that you will receive the recommendations. And I think that is the difference. So I always ask clients, like, how are you deciding, like, which initiative to implement, right? Like, for example, like, I am able-bodied, but how do I know how to address accessibility and accommodations for people with disabilities? Like, let's get that information. So let the data decide. But then how do you weigh that to people who feel microaggressions at work. You know what I mean? And so our algorithm will kind of help you prioritize those things for the greatest impact. A lot of the data is user-driven, right? So I would have a profile, I'd be filling out certain information. Are you worried about the relevance of the data or like the, the accuracy or truthfulness behind it? Like how do you vet that to make sure like people are being truthful about the data they're inputting? Yeah, no, that's a super fair question. I would say there's obviously no 100% guarantee. But at the same time, a couple of things, what we have noticed is that employees will be more, I would say, forthcoming using a third-party company rather than your in-house. And then the second thing, anonymity is super important for us. So the fact that the data is going to be scrubbed and provided in aggregate form, so people, one, cannot get identified. But the anonymity piece is very, very important. And it will be used in conjunction with other data points as well that we collect throughout the platform. And then I think what's going to be really cool down the road is that everything is relative. So a lot of times questions are like, like, how do we know how we are doing? Like, are we good? Are we bad? Or And so when you can collect that data and start doing like peer benchmarking, then you kind of know where your organization ranks to like other peer groups. So then it gives a little bit more context, I would say. Are you going to have that? As part of the, this platform where you can actually cross compare against similar types of organizations? Yes. Oh, that's powerful. Yeah, that's because, really powerful. yeah, you know, we talk quantification, like data, like just kind of relevancy. I think measurement and progress is like the most mm-hmm. important thing here. So what I love about the platform is it sounds like it focuses on really the whole person. So I, I thought it was like focused solely on DEI, but it sounds like well-being and other areas of employee experiences is a key component to it. How are you planning to use the data or how can employers use the data that's collected to inform their future strategies on employee experience? What's your vision for that? 
I know it hasn't launched yet, but I'm curious what your vision is. I would say one of the um, dimensions of diversity that never really gets talked about much is cognitive diversity, right? So it's how our brains function. And we know they all function differently, right? And so what kind of behaviors, tendencies, and preferences do you have in the way you work? And essentially what you want to do is understand every employee. So like, for example, these are questions I always asked. And so I always knew this about my employees. Employees, but I can tell you, not one manager ever asked me these questions, and I'm pretty sure majority of them don't. Not their fault. It's just like they just don't think that way, right? Like motivational drivers. If you know what your employees are motivated by, and or how do they like to be recognized, right? Do you know? Do you like to work autonomously or asynchronously or collaborate with all of those things? And so, what you want to understand is like, okay, how can you put your employees in positions of success? So the employee experience, I think you are probably well-versed in this too, is this like professional development or career opportunities in organization is like the number one goal, right? So when you have a better understanding of those things of your employees, you can create those win-wins. Oh, okay. Like instead of like those, you know, traditional like proficiency continuums that you used to have, no, like it's going to be more project-based work. So like, yeah, you want to learn more about product management, right? Maybe you're like in a customer success role. How do you do that? You can identify more like skills. So working more towards skill-based hiring. So that's kind of where we see things in the long run for sure. So it's always interesting. I've never launched a company, but I know enough about like starting a company. And then when, especially when you have a product, minimum viable product is like usually, especially for leaders on your radar, as far as like, okay, like what can we go to market with that will be adopted and, and needed by the market? But that's the product you start with. And then through iterations of feedback from your clients, whether positive or negative, and then just the needs of employees and managers and leaders changing, how different do you think this platform will look in five, 10 years? That is a fantastic question. As we are well aware, this world in the workplace was ripe for disruption. The positive from the pandemic is that it finally won accelerated technology (laughs) and processes in how we work. But I also think that certain things like inequality in the workplace was always there. It just got exposed, right? So now we can try an opportunity to kind of make things better. And that's where like the future of work is so interesting and it's changing so rapidly, right? Let's just look at demographics, right? This is the first time in history that we have five generations in the workplace. And that's why there's a lot of, I think, confusion and, you know, just like misinterpretation, let's just say. And what basically it's telling us is that one size fits all that, sorry, no offense, boomers, that was just the way it operated, but that was relative to them, right? But like, then you have like millennials who are the biggest uh, demographic right now. And in, by 2030, millennials and Gen Z are going to make up 75%. And guess what? Their behaviors, tendencies, their priorities and what they're looking for in work are so different, right? So is the better you can understand your employees and workforce. And that's where the inclusion piece is so important because like it's literally letting people like kind of like own their own identities and they just yeah. want to be respected and valued and not have to like change or conform. So if you're an organization, the better you know your employees, the better off you're going to be. I get it at one point, you know, like you made the comment about boomers and just one size fits all. I think it was kind of kind of the product of where technology was too. It's like we're trying to scale business and it's like, you know, we have to create a system. You know, people think the same and because and, we don't have the ability we do now with the, the technology because people have unique individual needs 
And now the technology allows us to hone in on the special qualities of what makes people different and how it can unlock different creative ideas and other things in business. Whereas I don't think those existed before because of the, just the technology. Now we have access to talent all over the world and you know, we can hop on a chat, we can do a loom video, we can have a call like this, you're across the country, right? So it's just different times. And I think what these platforms like like you're creating right now unlocks something that could be there. It's underlying. It's been there the whole time. We just didn't have the tools to do it. Exactly. And to your point, like efficiency, effectiveness, and doing it at scale. That way it can actually like make an impact and drive change. So we talked about how, you know, with the pandemic, most companies they weren't necessarily in a remote world and that accelerated it. Like some organizations went fully remote and never looked back. Some are still doing the hybrid thing. Some still have to be in the workplace and maybe just have departments at home and some are in a factory floor, whatever it may be. But we have an endless tech stack, it feels like, of stuff that we use, whether it's an HRIS system, um, Microsoft Suite, it could be Slack. You know, It just goes, the, the list is a mile deep. How does this platform fit alongside of those other tools? Does it connect to an HRIS platform? Is it going to replace that at some point? What, what thoughts do you have there? Yeah, no, you are not alone. I think everyone feels that sentiment that like last couple of years, this is all these new tools got introduced in HR tech, but plus all the existing platforms kind of pivoted into this uh, future of work. I would say one of the main things about us that I mentioned this earlier about my personality being a generous, but having that all in one solution. So like literally when it comes to, you know, building that inclusive workplace culture, you have everything in the tool. So in current state, people are using piecemeal. So to your point, they're using one tool for this thing, and then one tool for this thing. So for example, if you're using a survey tool, okay, ours is already pre-built. And then secondly, it's like, how are you managing this? We also have like a Kanban screen in the tool so you can track and measure and monitor your progress. Oh, who's managing the ERGs, employee resource groups? Oh, guess what? You can go in our tool and look at that, right? So that was the premise. And unfortunately, or fortunately for us, is like the economic state too has made organizations also look at things that are driving efficiency and effectiveness and also yeah like looking for more of those all-in-one solutions we will obviously have api capabilities so to reference your particular question to make sure that it's compatible with existing so like for example integrating with slack and teams that's a no-brainer right like 90 percent of companies will be using one or the other yeah, that's the thing. Most technologies nowadays, they have the API and or if they don't, you can use something like Zapier to connect data. But you got to have somebody who knows what they're doing from a workflow perspective to make it all work versus I think there's something to be said about an all in one solution where it's like all the things are talking, one report, one user experience that's cohesive. I think that's what employees want too. Yes, Thank you. I, I would imagine so. I think, and if you think like that too, like I'm not saying that I'm the most organized person, but I do like organizing information and systems. And so, yeah, just having that like one-stop shop in general, I think would be helpful. And to fast forward, like we're generalists. So there's like some amazing tools and applications out there. And I talk to them regularly where we're developing strategic partnerships. So for example, one of the uh, recommendations that we have in our tool is around pay equity, right? Just making sure people are paid equitably. But 
we will partner with a tool that actually does that. Like that's their subject matter expertise, right? So kind of building this ecosystem. And one thing I've found in speaking to a lot of people, they're super confused, like HR vendors, like trying to find like which one makes sense for them. It's like this massive unscrambled library. And so helping organize that for them, I think uh, would go a long ways. That's often why I will have conversations like this with people who represent our product because you can't go deep enough to understand like watching an overview video or just going to a website necessarily. You need to sort of know the nuances of the why behind like you created and how it's different and how it fits with other products and tools. So that's why I do this on the podcast too. Occasionally is like for HR people who have endless amount of possibilities in tech to use, like what's the best and like, what's the differences? So yeah, anyways, talk about barriers to adoption with this. Like what might be some of the resistance with organizations not adopting this? Yeah, no. And I was going to say thank you for the opportunity because that's literally what I say. My barriers, I'm like, just get me on a meeting with the decision maker. And then if they say no, no problem. I just want an opportunity to, yes, explain like why we're different. And at the end of the day, like how it's actually going to impact them. Like, honestly, like Brandon, I would not to take away, but like I was going to say, like to me, like having something nice and fluff that makes you feel good. It's awesome. But it really needs to like drive the needle forward. And to me, most importantly, it's like from a business perspective, like you are going to get an ROI on this. How is this helping you? Employee engagement, productivity, retention, a talent attraction. So there are so many ways about that. And I think to your point, video and content can only take you so far. So I think uh, my goal right now, yes, is an opportunity like this, trying to tell our story, but also the positioning of it too, right? Like, you know, you have to understand the pain points of organizations. Everyone's at a different state. So how can this alleviate some of your pain points and make your life easier? So let's just say from a DEIB perspective, unfortunately, you know, it's probably been one of the first roles in organizations that has been part of the layoff trend. It's unfortunate, but at the same time, I say our tool will be a fraction of the cost and it's not going to turn over because you don't have to replace it. You're just going to be able to continue tracking, monitoring your progress year over year. And uh, yeah, obviously, regardless of the personnel that you have, you'll still have access to the information for longevity. Have you considered, and this maybe even embedded into this platform, is having some sort of client success rep, like almost like a DEI consultant, but like a, a pairing with the platform where it's like, okay, I might not have an internal DEI B person work, like working on my behalf, but I'm adopting this platform that's going to hopefully improve every aspect of my employee experience. And I have a success manager along with it. Have you considered something like that? You definitely are like feeling the trends because I was going to say one of the use cases we are exploring is, yes, there are consultants in this space that we are building like that team of. So if people want more, you know, handholding or just like support, guidance, advisory services, absolutely. The reason I say it is because like the company I represent, Zenium, we do payroll processing and we have a huge HR consulting arm to what we do. And we always find like, you know, if you want just software by itself, you know, paychecks is probably for you or ADP probably. But if you really need somebody to wrap around that system and like give you best practice advice, that's to us the perfect pairing and what makes us different. And to me, a platform like what you're creating is very similar. Yeah, no, thank you. And I think your validation helps (laughs) um, kind of prioritize working on something like that. Awesome. 
So if an organization's feeling certain things, they might have certain attributes about them that make them a perfect fit and they're ready for a platform like this. What are those things? Yeah, I think the great thing is that we'll meet a company anywhere where they are, whether you're like just starting out. And a lot of times what we find is that small to medium sized organizations, right? Let's say a couple hundred employees, uh, you may not have like an in-house person managing this and or you don't know where to start. You don't have the time to like figure out how to implement it and time and budget being the primary resources, right? So that's definitely where we're looking to help. And I think the other aspect from a talent management perspective too, there's lots of data showing out there, especially, you know, um, millennials and Gen Z where, you know, an inclusive workplace culture is like a non-negotiable on places where they want to work. And I always say diversity and inclusion is not mutually exclusive, meaning like you can have diverse representation, but if you actually don't have an inclusive culture, one, those employees aren't going to retain. And secondly, it's not sustainable. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Randy, this has been a really great discussion. What's the call to action from your perspective or anything that we didn't touch on that you want to make sure that we cover? Yeah, no, thank you so much. I know I felt like we could go on and on, but I'll leave like one of my favorite sayings that I think is so important. And I think it would resonate with anyone is like when your employees feel included, they're engaged. And when they're engaged, they're productive. And when they're productive, guess what? It impacts your bottom line, right? And according to Gallup last year, $7.8 trillion globally, that's lost due to disengagement. So yeah, a lot of money being left on the table to your point. I believe it. My guest today has been Randy Perwall. Thanks for coming on the podcast. Appreciate you. Thank you so much, Brandon. The views, thoughts, and opinions expressed are the guest's own and do not represent the views, thoughts, and opinions of ZenMHR or the host, Brandon Laws. The material and information presented on Transform Your Workplace is for general information and educational purposes only. Zenium HR or the host, Brandon Laws, does not necessarily endorse any guest, their business, or any organization they represent. Discretion is advised. Please work with a trusted advisor to find a custom approach that fits your organization's needs.